Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser. Men are more relationship-ready. And if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy midlife love in your life. Welcome to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. My name is Morgana. This is my husband, Devin. I'm here. Are we recording? We are recording. All right. So husband times 25. This is my my first through 25th husband because we've been getting married 100 times in 100 countries. And today's topic is the topic I'm sure every man in the world has been waiting for. It's our menopause episode. All right. I'll see you. <laughs> no, no, stay here. Wow. That, well, I, if there was one subject that I could say I could really get involved, <laughs> this would be the subject. Wow, I can't wait to have this conversation. (laughs) I don't know what that's going to look like, but here we are. Is there a lock on the door? I don't know. (laughs) Where can I go? (laughs) Look, this is an absolute inevitability for over half of the human race. If we live long enough, this is guaranteed to happen and it's normal and inevitable and it's going to affect like every woman on the planet directly and every man who comes within like 10 feet of us for a really, really long time. And and if you live with a woman, yeah, you really want to find out what's going on and how what can we do to better than survive it and how can we make midlife in all of its variety continue to be loving and sexy so there has been a shocking lack of information on this thing that happens to all women until recently yay So I found one of the top experts in the world on how to make menopause okay and better than okay. Let me tell you about our guest this episode, Marion Stewart. Marion Stewart is a world-renowned healthcare expert who is referred to as the pioneer of the natural menopause movement. For over 27 years, Marion has pioneered a non-drug but scientifically based program to overcome menopause symptoms and PMS symptoms that have successfully helped over 100,000 women and the men who know women. Marion has written 28 popular self-help books. She's had her own TV and radio shows. And this is so cool. She was named one of the 50 most inspirational women in the United Kingdom, and she was awarded the prestigious British Empire Medal. Go, Marion. So if you have 
any questions about what goes on when our bodies change. If you are going to go through menopause or you're going through menopause or you have been through menopause and you have some symptoms or things that you want to fix, uh, this is the episode for you. And I'm just really, really excited about today's guest. So I, I do want to say one quick thing. Yes. Is that is as much as I don't necessarily want to be here, I know that it's actually a really good thing to be here because this will help educate me. If you're a guy and you're like, oh my God. And by the way, if you've listened to the first three minutes, if you made it this far into the episode, you might as well hang around because if you have somebody in your life, that's in your life that, uh, will be going through this at any point in time, or they're on the cusp of it or something like that. This is regular stuff. And you're probably just better off having a clue. And it'll open the door to help you be a little bit more supportive and have a little bit more information. And so, you know, listen, hang out, right? It's not going to be, we're not going to be, you know, we had a guest and we talked about hockey. So that was like an episode I wanted, but this is going to be something that's going to be really important. Um, so, you know, sit back, relax, you know, and uh, get some information. Anyway, let's get and started. Be a with, hero. Yes. Be a hero to the women in your life. Good idea. Welcome, Marion. Hello. Hello. Lovely to join you. Oh, we're, we're very happy to have you. Of course, no one is more excited than my husband and every man on earth to be here for the menopause issue and the menopause episode. I'll be saying a lot, I'm sure. I'll have a lot to contribute on this subject. So I'll probably just be here quietly much of the time. On the edge of your seat. Yeah, I was going to say the interesting thing is that uh, I did a, a well-being webinar for Cisco, which was a global thing, and they, it was the first time I'd encountered men on a webinar. And there was an overwhelming, um, they were just so grateful to have the information. They said there was an overwhelming response. So I think men, we did a survey on men, actually. Not so many men answered the survey as the women's survey, but we had about 400 men, and they said they feel frustrated and rejected, and they really lack knowledge, and they're afraid to open their mouths and have a conversation. So there's a lot of educating to be done. Uh, as again, I will sit here quietly and absorb. <laughs> but this is true. I mean, you know, this is something that affects over half of the human race directly. And then all of the men in their lives. So, uh, and for me, my experience with adolescents back in the Paleolithic era, uh, we were educated to within an inch of our lives, like starting with 11 years old, there were all these classes in school to prepare us for what adolescence means, what sex education, they called it. And then, you know, I'm approaching this thing that actually feels maybe even more dramatic. And there's crickets. There's like nothing out there to really prepare either one of us. And I'm, and I'm not even in it yet, but I know it's coming. Uh, so you're like, you are not like, you are one of really the few experts who is addressing this head on. 
Yeah, and perimenopause last, can last for eight years leading up to menopause. And most women don't know that. In fact, a lot of women I meet have never even heard the term perimenopause. It's only now becoming talked about. And then menopause is just one day, believe it or not. It's the anniversary of your last period. And then for the rest of your life, you're postmenopausal. And that didn't really matter 100 years or so ago because you weren't living much past 50 but now when 40 something represents halfway for so many of us we not only do we not want to be living with symptoms but also as women we're much more predisposed to things like osteoporosis heart disease and dementia after menopause because we don't have the circulating estrogen anymore but you Uh can remedy that naturally there's tons of research to show not only can you overcome your symptoms but also you can protect yourself and make longevity a much better experience. Because my family, we stay into our 90s. So there's a, still a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. I read on your website and I loved this. I love this. You wrote, when menopause and midlife mayhem descend, it's not uncommon to wake up in the morning feeling like you've been possessed by an alien. Which begs the question... How do we keep midlife sexy when a woman's body has been kidnapped by space aliens? Right. Well, you have to look at, first of all, the underlying cause of what's going on in your body to be able to remedy it. And unfortunately, well, we did a survey on 1100 women uh, not that long ago, and 96 percent of them felt unprepared for menopause and two thirds of them felt robbed of life as they knew it. They have no clue what's going on under the bonnet, as it were. And what we found, because we did research in five separate studies some time ago, uh, we were looking at the time of women of childbearing age, women with PMS, and we found that between 50 to 80% of them had low levels of important nutrients, things like magnesium, B vitamins, iron, zinc, essential fatty acids, vitamin D, calcium, and so on. And those affect your brain chemistry and your hormone functions. So they having deficiencies technically changes the color of the lenses through which you see the world. So that's wow. why. And then you feel like you're running on what I call economy mode. You're firing on two cylinders instead of four because you're running on empty. And especially if you've had babies and you've done some breastfeeding then and or lived in life in the fast lane, being a dieter, had a bit too much alcohol, being too stressed, all of those things are going to take a toll on your body so that when you get to midlife, you're going to be really a bit like a bucket with a hole in it. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is, as baby girls, we're born with millions of eggs, believe it or not. And they drop, some of them drop each month when you have a period in the hope of being conceived. But when you get to perimenopause, they're drying up. And when you get to menopause, that one magical anniversary day, that's the end of life as your ovaries near it because they're no longer being produced. They're not no longer producing estrogen. And so you have empty estrogen receptor sites in your body. And that is a disaster, a disaster on so many levels. First of all, you don't want the environmental estrogen to jump in there. And that's what can happen. And that can increase your risk of breast cancer. But that's secondly, like the, the plastics and, and the yeah, plastic pollution, pesticides, all of that kind of stuff. You don't want that in there. You want Mother Nature's estrogen. And in fact, if there was a race between Mother Nature's estrogen, the environmental estrogen and even hormone replacement therapy, 
the mother nature's eastern winds and it seals off the space so you're protected but also because the molecule the molecule looks so similar under the microscope to estradiol that you had before menopause of mother nature's isoflavone you can fool the brain into thinking that you've got normal circulating estrogen. So the factories in your body that were making, were protecting you and keeping your hormones in balance and also keeping your bones strong, your heart healthy and preventing dementia, go back into production. So you still have all that lovely stuff being produced to keep you looking great and feeling great. And the research also shows that you can reduce the depths of wrinkles on your face significantly using these even in the space of 12 weeks. And the first study I ever read on natural menopause was published in the British Medical Journal. It was a study that was done in Australia where they fed the women soy, flax seeds and red clover. And they were even able to bring about the same changes in the lining of the vagina as they would have expected to see in women taking HRT. So you can really, it's, yeah, it's very powerful. So is this a handful of vitamins or is this a particular diet or is it those few ingredients that you were just uh, describing that a woman needs to introduce into her diet before menopause takes place or how does this all work? So the earlier you get on board, the better, because our bone mass reaches its peak when we're 35. So it's never too early to start. And perimenopause. I missed that boat. Yeah. Well, perimenopause is in your 40s. It's never too late to start anyway. So having uh, it, and I, I guess in answer to your question is, I regard my program as a, a like a pie with lots of different segments, and you need to take a bite of each to get the benefits. So it's not a magic pill. You need to, first of all, get your nutrients into an optimum range. And that is so key. It's like the foundations of a house. Do you know, not building a house on marshland because obviously it would collapse. If you've got low levels of nutrients, you're never going to feel great. The second thing is learning to consume Mother Nature's estrogen little and often so that, again, you can fool your brain into thinking you've got normal circulating estrogen. The receptor sites don't stay full for that long. So you have to do it every four to six hours. Wow. The next part of it is taking science-based supplements, and those are supplements that have been through properly conducted clinical trials around the world, been shown to be safe and effective, because unfortunately, supplements are not really regulated, and a lot of them, research shows, don't contain what they say on the label, so it's really important. So in, in my new book, Manage Your Menopause Naturally, I'm focusing on, in chapter one, I'm doing a fast um just a really fast track. How do you manage all the common symptoms like hot flushes, night sweats, brain fog, anxiety, panic attacks, aches and pains, low libido and all of that. Week well, two. and wait, pause for a second, because I want to make sure that we get the name of the book and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. What is it called? Manage Your Menopause Naturally. So okay, thank you. Manage Your Menopause Naturally. Menopause Naturally. And we have a beautiful visual <laughs> demonstration. I'm sorry you don't have a copy. You should have a copy. I'll make sure you get one. Thank you. So, so, the, so the first part of it is, uh, which is chapter two, is getting your nutrients into an optimal range. So it's learning how to recognize nutritional deficiencies on your skin, your hair, and your nails. Because Mother Nature does a great job of telling us what we're short of, but we don't learn what I call body speak. So if you've got red patches at the side of your nose or cracking at the side of your mouth or your hair's falling out or split or dull, 
and your nails are cracking and peeling, all of those things mean something in terms of what you may be short of. So that's the first thing. Second thing, as I said, learning to consume naturally occurring estrogen. That's chapter three. Chapter four. And, and can I pause for a second? Yeah. Because breast cancer runs so heavily in my family, I have always avoided soy. Are you saying right. that soy is actually healthy for me? Yes, soy has a protective effect against breast ah. cancer. And it's really important for you to fill the receptor sites so that the environmental estrogen doesn't get in there because there's a really big risk of increasing breast cancer if that does. In fact, um, there was a study done, one of the first studies I read many years ago in Israel, they had the highest incidence of breast cancer in the world. And they would they did an, an audit after 10 years expecting that there would be another 20% increase. And they found that there was a 34% decrease and they went back and tracked it. And they found that in the cow's milk, through the feed, there were a thousand times more than the permitted level of what they call organochlorines, which are these xenoestrogens. And that had caused a massive spike in breast cancer. When there was an outcry and they banned those, the breast cancer statistics felt like, fell like a stone. Unfortunately, they haven't banned them everywhere in the world. So we have to, when it comes to dairy products, we need to choose the organic ones so that you've got less chance of having those harmful toxins in your body. But you really want to be filling the receptor sites with naturally occurring estrogen. And in my book, because I'm asked that question every single week of my life, sometimes every day, um, there's some great research done by some very respected researchers at very reputable institutions. And I've got that research in the book and I quote it so that people can rest assured that it is safe because it's so many people are being told that it isn't. And that's just a myth. I love, I love how brainy science focused you are. I just thank you for that, that we're not just hearing alternative health babble that I really, really appreciate this. And I, and I even just what you shared may be saving a listener's life. So thank you. Let's, so that's chapter yeah, two. I must say actually, just to qualify that the only person, cause I've been helping women manage their menopause naturally for 28 years. And the only person who ever got breast cancer again was a woman who was persuaded by her consultant to go back on hormone replacement therapy for a second mm. time. So apart from that, the other women have been, they've just gone from strength to strength and remained healthy. So even people that have had breast cancer can um, plug into this program and expect to feel have a better outcome and feel well. So what you just said is kind of interesting. Does that imply uh, that hormone replacement therapy is not a good idea? I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I'm saying that we never use it because we never need to. And the mm-hmm. women, over 90% of women are symptom-free on our program within the space of five months. Even on my six-week virtual program, women are pretty symptom-free or have much less symptoms, with certain symptoms. Some of them take like the, the libido and vaginal dryness takes a bit longer. But things like hot flushes, night sweats, not being able to sleep up in the night half a dozen times to pee, brain fog, panic attacks, all of that, six weeks, and that's gone. Now, some women choose to take HRT, and if they are taking it, I wouldn't suggest they come off quickly because you can get withdrawal symptoms. But we do wean people off HRT once they're established on the alternative. Because if you remember, I said, if there was a race, Mother Nature's estrogen gets to the receptor site first. So what we're effectively doing is making the HRT redundant. 
so that women actually don't need the HRT. And even if you do take HRT, it's never going to correct nutritional deficiencies, which billions of women have. So you need to look at the nutrition and lifestyle aspects of this in order to maximize your well-being in the long term and the short term. You know, you want to, you, you don't want to be, a lot of women say they put weight on around the middle. They feel 90 before their time. They ache. They can't get out of bed in the morning. All of that is just a sign that they're running on empty and they've got deficiencies and they're really not in a good place. I took a class years ago on relationship and the teacher said that the reason we women like bond to the guy who is in the vicinity when we have an orgasm is because of the estrogen in our body. So I'm wondering if just replacing the estrogen can be helpful in like rekindling those feelings because I, because I, what I was told was the estrogen magnifies the impact of the oxytocin. Right. Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. So we did a survey on about 800 women on relationships and 70% of them said they felt switched off below the waist and up to seven, well, 50 to 70%, depending on the study, have vaginal dryness. So first of all, they're not feeling sexy because they feel switched off. And even if they do attempt it, because the tissues become fragile, it can become really painful. Mm. And we find, again, over time, it takes more than six weeks, but it takes probably three to four months, maybe as much as much as five months, depending on the woman. But the lubrication comes back because what we're doing is by fooling the brain into thinking you've got normal circulating estrogen, everything goes back into production. And so those cells that were making the lubrication and the, the elasticity in the walls of the vagina, as well as the urethra and the bladder, which can also become very fragile, that all gets gets back to normal again. So you can get back to having really comfortable relations. And mostly by doing the things I've talked about, your libido comes back. But if it doesn't, there are a couple of supplements that have been through clinical trials that show 80% of women get their libido back. And therefore, you can be one of those. So I'm, I'm always hearing, in fact, I interviewed a woman yesterday on Instagram and some of the other channels which was my first go at live stream yard and broadcasting. And she was talking all about how she felt switched off. And it was very difficult having any kind of physical relationship with her husband. But now, a few months down the line, she's back to having fun in the bedroom again. And they're relaxed about it. And it's been what she called completely life changing. So that's, you know, that's why I get out of bed in the morning. I just feel in sense that women and their partners, for that matter, shouldn't be in this position when you get to midlife. You should you should have a a roadmap. Well, I'm also really, really grateful to be in a generation where female libido actually matters, that we can be having this conversation and and there is science going into it because for a long time it really was not paid attention to. Yeah, you didn't really talk about it at all. So now I think it is good. And it's good that men want to come to the party as well, because my experience is that when partners go through this together, it's a really good bonding experience. And obviously for the the man, it pays great dividends because he gets back the girl he fell in love with, as opposed to this alien. (laughs) And it's just a good news story. So you you talk about 
uh, sort of like the the mother's nature or the, the mother nature sort of ingredients are are these fairly easy to come by? Like, you know what I mean? Are these special things that you have to order, or is this something that you could just go to your local market and purchase? Yeah, you should be able to get everything in the local supermarket or Whole Foods wherever you shop. And um, there's nothing very unusual. We're talking about nutrient-dense foods. So in um, chapter two, I talk about that at the back of the book. I've got lists of foods rich in important nutrients, everything you can imagine. And you can choose what you like so that you know that your diet is more nutrient-dense. And then Mother Nature's estrogen, again, there's a list of all the things that contain those with the serving sizes. And it's really important to just make sure you get something for breakfast, maybe lunch, dinner. It's not too difficult. There are things like flax seeds, which are really great for you, great for your gut, great for your skin, and one of the richest sources of naturally occurring estrogen. There's the soy products, and there's a whole range of those from edamame beans through to soy milk and uh, all the other products, and they contain differing amounts. And it's also important because in the US, there's so many GM foods. We have to really be careful to choose our foods wisely. And then you've got, um, I mean, they are, they are common foods. You just need to be savvy about what they are and choose what you like. So and the you, supplements, you, you, I would say you need to be clued up about those. And you may not be able to get those in your supermarket. You may need to get them from a more specialist outlet. When you use the, uh, the phrase GM, I just want to confirm that you're saying genetically modified? Yes, yeah, okay. a lot of the food here, much more so than the, the UK. So when I'm in the UK and I'm talking about soy, I think most people assume that soy there isn't GM unless it's in a packet as an additive to a product, and then it maybe is. Whereas here, it seems that a lot of the soy is genetically modified. So we have to be careful and choose the organic variety, which stands a better chance of not being genetically modified. So... I personally, I know we're talking about women today, but you said something interesting. Every morning uh, or most mornings, I tend to make a smoothie that has berries and, you know, spinach and a bunch of other things and flax seeds. Am I doing myself a disservice as a man by eating, you know, a a tablespoon of flax seeds every day? No, not at all. It's just going to do you good. There are so many lovely essential fats in there it's great fiber it's protein also these isoflavones are not just for women the research shows that they have a protective effect against prostate problems and they also protect us against heart disease and osteoporosis and dementia and you know men have got bones and brains and all the other bits just not the same sexual organs so if you think about it, and again, I used to be asked that a lot, would if men consume these, are they going to grow breasts? Well, if you think about Asian men who've been consuming these isoflavones as part of their traditional diet for centuries, they don't have breasts. And they don't have much heart disease either. No, they have half the incidence of heart disease, half the incidence of osteoporosis and estrogen-dependent cancer. So, and they didn't even have a term in Japanese for menopause and hot flush until they started eating a Western diet. That's interesting. My grandmother was born and raised in China and her experience of menopause. So I have very positive role models. My, my grandmother's experience of menopause was we, I never have to use birth control again. 
And, and my mother's experience was, I am going to paint my hair purple because I can. And so I just was looking at that. I want that confidence when, when I get there. Uh, so I had really good role models. But again, there's nothing to let us know what to expect. It's all like, oh, this is weird. I wonder what it is. There's no roadmap. And that is really horrendous as far as I'm concerned because we've all got a body and especially in the workplace because apart from we've talked a bit about the bedroom and that's bad enough but when you compete successfully with men in the workplace all your working life and then suddenly you get tripped up by your hormones in your 40s and 50s and they are now presuming that one in four women are either thinking of leaving the workplace or leaving because of menopause and Forbes said in 2019, that it's costing $810 billion globally due to lost productivity associated with menopause. Do you know, it's affecting the economy as well as the women and their self-esteem. And I meet women who have left the workplace who are curled up in a ball at home. And once they get better, they live to regret it because it's so hard to get back into the workplace, but they should never be leaving. And the you know companies should be seeing that they need to invest a bit in their female female workforce so that they can get a well and productive workforce and boost the productivity. It's, it mm-hmm. just seems like a no brainer to me, but it's so far ha- isn't happening. Well, let's see that happen soon. I just read that article too. So I'm glad it's getting attention. Yeah, it's starting to get attention. And we've um, in the UK, we partnered with Virgin Care and we're doing, we've been doing some work in, in the workplace measuring suffering and and productivity and then doing the intervention to show how people feel and the difference that that makes at the end of the day. So we're hoping we're going to do that more now that I'm living here in Florida to be doing that more with companies here as well. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait to see what happens with that. Uh, Total digression, because my my wheelhouse tends to be women and money. Uh, We know that corporations with women leadership, make more money if women are on the board of directors. So there's just, you know, lots of economic impact also on family security and family income. There are just so many levels of this, just basically treat women like human beings. So I'm getting off the soapbox (laughs) (laughs) because I I really want to make sure that that you cover everything that that you can during the time that we have. So we've been talking about Mother Nature's estrogen. I love that. Yeah, I got to, I think I, I talked about correcting nutrient levels, Mother Nature's estrogen, science-based supplements. So those three slices of my pie. Uh-huh. And then the fourth slice is relaxation. So formal relaxation, a bit like meditation or guided meditation or the, ex- the relaxation you do at the end of a yoga session, because the research shows that it can reduce hot flushes and night sweats by 50 to 60 percent, which is huge. But also during the pandemic, when we've been stressed and our cortisol levels go up, then we can bring down those elevated cortisol by resting, rewiring our brains. And also it's a bit like plugging yourself 
back into the mains and having that recharge like your phone where you go from red to green so you can get up and be active again for the rest of the day. So that's that's the next bit. And then finally, exercise is the next bit. We need to move our body. It doesn't have to be running a marathon. It could just be dancing to your favorite music if you're not an exerciser at the moment and building up your stamina. Um, lots of different ways that you can do that as long as you enjoy what you're doing. But it's important because you release endorphins, those lovely feel-good hormones. And you also speed up your metabolism because at midlife, you're slowing down. And that means you get belly fat and you, you tend to gather fat around the middle and your hourglass shape disappears because your brain doesn't think you're going to reproduce anymore. And so instead of the fat being deposited on your on thighs and your breasts, it tends to go around the middle. So we can fool the brain. We can actually boost the metabolic rate with exercise so you can actually feel good, experience joy again, because a lot of women say they flatline. They can't experience joy. They feel Mm -hmm. like a shadow of their former selves, but they get back to feeling turbocharged again. It's a bit like a racing car going into the pit in Formula One where you have all the tweaking and then come out onto the track feeling turbocharged and able to really achieve whatever you want to achieve. And Women then have a blank canvas. They can do, sometimes they reinvent themselves, they have new careers, they go off and do lovely things with their partners, but they can really enjoy themselves, whatever they choose to do in their lives, as opposed to being crippled by these awful symptoms. Well, you said something at the beginning that just really broke my heart. You said that some women feel like they've been robbed of their lives. Yeah. That's that's just really, whoa. Well, it is so devastating, which is why I do this, because if you think if you think that's it and this is the end of life as you knew it. And from now it's just downhill. That's terrible. That's a ghastly way to live. So the very least, I hope women go away from this interview with is hope in their heart that there is a whole new beginning. And it's just got a bit of missing knowledge. And when they get the knowledge and maybe some support, they can get through this and come out the other end of it feeling great again. Well, what I find really interesting, because if the year of pandemic drove anything home, it was we have one body in this lifetime. That's all we get. And we we really need to protect and treasure this body. And what I love is that through nutrition, and, and it's like your body is such a genius. She figures out how to fix it all. If you just feed her the fuel that she needs, she'll just fill out all the pieces for you. And, and then she becomes your best friend. Exactly. And the same goes back to before I was doing this with menopause, I was helping women with PMS. And if you've ever had PMS or know anybody who has And you know how these women describe themselves as Jekyll and Hyde. And, you know, for half the month, you're normal. Other half the month, you're some monster. You can level all that out, too. It's just I it it just really baffles me why the knowledge is all there in the published literature, but it doesn't get through to the women. And the Mayo Clinic survey that was done in 2019 on doctors and gynecologists showed that only 7% of them feel adequately educated to help women going through menopause, which is awful. So assuming that there is a brave man listening to this episode (laughs) (laughs) still with us, 
How can men support the women in their lives through this transition without being destroyed in the process? Very good question. And that we do, um, because this has obviously come on my radar over time, we've created a download for men, which uh, people can get through our website. We've got something called the Midlife Refuel Club. So people can actually get in touch and, and we can send them that. I've also made some little films on YouTube for men to teach them how to support women going through menopause. I think um, having a conversation, but having choosing a time, because the other thing is we found that women don't talk about it because they're scared. They're afraid that this is the end of life and they don't want to open the can of worms. So it's choosing maybe having a date night, having dinner together and making sure that it's a, a nice, safe space, be understanding. And then things like massage and um just doing kind of acts of service and being supportive will count so so much for the recovery journey it's just so important that people work together because this is not a serious medical condition it's a transition it's a life stage it's got a beginning and it's got an end and if you can travel through this together it will just make you stronger does it get better on the other side well, yes, because okay. when when you learn to meet your needs, you it's like turning back your biological clock. You just feel ageless. You get energy instead of terrible fatigue. You get enthusiasm instead of apathy. You are you've got clarity of mind instead of brain fog. You're calm instead of being anxious. You're cool instead of being hot and melting. And instead of feeling turned off from the waist downwards, you're feeling sexy again. So, yes, you can have it all back again. And, and what before the nutrition kicks in and the body is all kind of restored, how can we women, like, be good to our partners when we're in the part where we feel like the space alien is inhabiting us? What, what can we be doing to kind of soften the transition for our partners? Because what affects us affects the relationship. Absolutely. And I think that um, what I encourage women to do is when they come on my course or even read my book. So in my PMS book, for example, the last chapter was written by men for men. And I haven't done that with the menopause book yet, but I might do that because men are so much richer for the experience. And I think having communication, I think as long as your partner knows you're doing something proactive, then they'll be supportive. It's only if this is going to go on for the next 20 years and they've lost the person that they knew and loved that it becomes scary. But if they can see a light at the end of the tunnel, they'll come to the party. And I think having the conversation and just being there for each other And if you're feeling bad as a woman to just say, you know, I'm not having just have um, some systems in place and signs so that if you need your own space or you need a back rub or you need someone to actually unload the dishwasher and do, you know, cook the dinner because you want to go off and do your relaxation, then just speak up because I think women do need a bit more support. But as I said, if they know there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and they know that you're going through a hormonal phase, they're not going to take it so personally. It's only when they don't know what's going on that there's fear. And I think you can overcome that through communication and love. 
just being loving to each other and being respectful, even if you're not feeling well, just still be respectful. And if you feel angry and you feel like you're about to explode because you can't control your mood, go into another room or go out for a walk, you know, instead of being aggressive, because that's not going to help anybody. And our program, it doesn't take very long before you feel better. In the, even in the first two or three weeks, women feel significantly better. One of the women who came on my program was Dr. Vivian McVeigh, who is the CEO of Virgin Care in the UK. And she tried all sorts of hormone treatment. And being a doctor herself, that was her first port of call. Didn't work for her. She says she was actually one of the case stories in my book. And she said that within three weeks, her life had changed and it hasn't changed back again. So it doesn't take that long. It isn't, uh, this isn't a life sentence. It's just finding out because we all go through menopause in a different way. We've got different medical history. We've got different tastes, different lifestyle. We need to find what's going to work for us as individuals and then plug into that. And it's not magic. So you need to do it on a regular basis. And when you start feeling better, the last thing to do is think, I don't need to do this anymore because I'm okay now, because you still need to do it until you get onto safe ground. And then you can go onto a maintenance program. Oh, what is safe ground? Safe ground is symptom free, uh, feeling sexy again, just feeling better than you can remember. And then I try and get women to consolidate for a few months so that we've got a nice um, base to then move away from where they can start reintroducing things and um, relaxing a bit and enjoying maybe some of the things that they've given up in the short term and still be symptom free. So to have a maintenance program for the longer term, because your ovaries are never going to function again. And so you're always going to have to put naturally occurring estrogen into your body if you want to be symptom free, have strong bones, healthy heart and be free of dementia. So that's, it's just really important. There's some things that you can relax and um, add. So for example, alcohol knocks most nutrients sideways and it can bring on a hot flush. So women going through the menopause may have to reduce that alcohol consumption considerably. But after menopause, when you're back on what I call safe ground, you can go back to drinking in moderation, glass of wine every day, perfectly fine. It's not going to bring your symptoms back on either when you get to a certain point. So you can still enjoy your life and have some chocolate and all the things that you like and still remain symptom-free. Oh, is chocolate one of the things on the abstinence well, list? It's got caffeine in it and caffeine brings on flushes. So that's... Oh! Of, yeah. well, <laughs> everything you take out, you can put back in. So okay. you can have cakes and cookies and things like that that are wholesome and in my book, I've also got recipes and I've got meal plans if people want to use those. And if they hate cooking, I've got fast options, things that they can buy that are healthy and wholesome without having to spend lots of time in the kitchen. Hmm. I did, This may not be your specialty because we're jumping to men, but do men have their own sort of version of menopause? It's debatable. There isn't really, I think it's, there isn't really a case that men have the same kind of menopause. I think the fact that men are aging, they probably do have changing needs. And also they can become nutritionally deficient as time goes on. So I think it is important. What I like to think is in the next five years, we are trying to change the paradigm on menopause so that we, people come to understand that all they need is a midlife refuel in mm. their 40s. They can get rid of the M word and the stigma 
And hopefully that will take place in the workplace because that will be a win-win situation. And when we're done with that, then maybe men can get a midlife refuel as well. And they can um, meet their needs for this changing part of their life and feel a bit turbocharged as well so that they can keep up with the women. Because obviously we're making all these vibrant, sexy women. And if their partners have got erectile dysfunction, that's not going to go. Then the pendulum will swing the other way. So we need to make sure that everyone's feeling happy and healthy so you can have enjoyable relationships. So most of what you're discussing is something that can be found in your book? Yeah, it's all in there. What I specialize in doing is bringing the research together from around the world. So I've got at the back of it, I've got all the research. And then through the book, I thread the resp- some of the research in uh, friendly language so that people can understand it. But it, it's all in there. It's laid out. The first six weeks are the six weeks of my course. Then after that, I've got chapters on bone health, brain health, heart health, workplace, all the different sex and all of that stuff. And um, then I've got the recipes, menus, meal plans and all of that. So, yeah, it's one of the best. So I also have, I do have, um, we started in January, a free midlife refuel club, which you can access from my website. And that um, has my library of content in there. And I also on Wednesdays, I do a live Zoom session so people can come. Sometimes I have guest experts and I answer questions as well. So if people are reading the book and they don't necessarily want to do the six week program, they can come and ask a question. So I, I'm I personally an obsessive compulsive book nut. <laughs> I love books between my wife and I. Every room is filled with books. Um, and then there's folks who just... It's not their bag. It never was their bag. Uh, for those people to inspire them to get your book, is there sort of like, okay, they, they may not want to just jump in with the whole book and, and deal with the science of things. Um, I mean, is there sort of like, here's one or two things that somebody could go do easily, like go to the market right now and do this thing? Yeah, that's chapter one. So what I've done for that, chapter one, it says brain fog, do this. Anxiety, do this. Hot flushes, do this. Switched off below the waist, do this. So it's all in chapter one. The idea of that is to give people hope right in the beginning, give them simple, easy things to do to get them started. The other thing is, if you're not a reader, somebody uh, got in touch with me the other day who just listened to my book. So you can actually get the audio version on Amazon as well. So you can just plug into that when you're driving or doing something else and listen to the bits you want to listen to. And if you can't do that, then you can come on my six-week program and we'll do it all for you. So we design, people fill in a questionnaire and a diet diary, and then we write the program and work with them for six weeks and hold their hands so they get through it and obviously motivate them to stick to it. So... Everybody tends to be a little bit different. Uh, are the things that are in your book sort of uh, sort of universal or does each person need to kind of moderate or massage certain ideas to fit with their own lifestyle or physiology? Yes, great question. You're the only person that's ever asked me that in all the interviews I've done since the book came out. Um, that, so what I've done in the book is that the, towards the back of the book, there's um, as if I was writing the program, you've got the pages where you put your recommendations. So as you go through the book and you choose what's going to be right for you, you make a note of it at the end of the book. So by the time you finished, you come out with a program which is tailor made for your needs. 
And that's the whole point, really, because it isn't going to be one thing fits everybody. People have got different symptoms. They've got everything's different. So they need to find the thing. And maybe they're taking medication and they can't take certain supplements. And it's, it is just different. So it's really important for each individual to work out what's going to work for them and have a starting point. It doesn't necessarily mean that that starting point, because we don't have a crystal ball, so we can't tell how the body's going to react after a week, two weeks, or three or four. So we may need to adjust things. And there are obviously ways to do that as well. So, yeah, great question. Um, Jumping to the other extreme, I had breakfast with my stepmother yesterday, who the more I know her, the more I'm just like, oh, my God, this woman is brilliant. And I was telling her that I think, I think I may be starting the pause. We'll see. And her response is, you have to start collagen right now. Is she right? Is collagen a good thing? Well, your body will build collagen. If if you've got natural, the reason your collagen drops is that your estrogen has dropped. Mm. So if you're falling your brain into thinking you've got normal circulating estrogen, all the factories stay open that were making all the cells that kept all your, your skin plump and everything else. So not necessarily so. If you come to the party late, let's say you're in your 60s or 70s, then you may need to do both because you've already lost the collagen and you need to try and make some more. So, again, depending on where you're up to will depend on what you need to do. Oh, that's a really good point. Devin, did you have any more questions? No, I mean, you know, I, I think I, I covered as much as I was capable of participating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I'm, I'm grateful that I wasn't, you know, given the boot somewhere in the middle of the interview. <laughs> hey, listen, you, you serve no purpose here. Thanks for stopping by. I think the key thing is that, you know, yourself, you've got a lovely, loving relationship and you've got great communication And it's just important that you keep that going, no matter what happens to either of you. And if you do that, the outcome is going to be so much better than if you act a bit like what I call the pods in the London eye. I don't know what the equivalent is here, but in in London, you have this wheel that goes round and you've got all these different individual pods. And so people kind of individuate and they go to their own kind of side of the room or whatever, and they don't talk to each other anymore. And Mm. I think that's the biggest disaster because we do talk about more things now and because the science is out there. And I think that's the key thing that knowing that the science is out there, knowing that it's in a usable form and that you can get back, you can do a U-turn and get back to feeling really well again, then it's so much easier than being in fear and just thinking that life's never going to be the same again. And the other thing is as women, we, if you're anything like me, I had four kids and a busy advisory service and I wrote all these books and I had a husband. And 27 books, right? 28 now. 28 now. 28. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but I didn't, I, you know, I was bottom of my own priority list. I did nothing for myself. I didn't have time uh, except my exercise until I had to. Do you know, I kind of occasionally in my life, I'd fall on my nose because I did too much and I was overwhelmed and, and your body stops you. So I think that making, taking time out at midlife to make yourself a priority just for a change for a few months to have this recharge, you're going to be then, then be able to be there, continue to be there for everybody so that you can be supportive, be the best version of yourself because you're feeling really well. And that's everyone will want that for you. 
And so that's when your kids and your husband and your, your relatives will rally around and be supportive because they know that you're doing something really positive. What I love about the idea of menopause is if your womanhood had been defined by your ability to make babies for that period of time, the period after it then is defined by you. So it's, I, I think I read that whales and humans are the two species where the women continue long after our fertility. And in whale communities, the women become leaders. So there's this wonderful potential for us to be leaders, whether it's in our community or in our family clan. It's a, it's a time where we can be inventing things or playing, but really just reinventing our reason for being is, I think, such a wonderful opportunity. You're so right, because women are so wise. And we obviously need to put that wisdom to good use to help this ailing planet rather than losing all the talent. And interestingly, you talk about whales because they're the only other mammals that have menopause (laughs) so they do actually apparently go through the menopause but if you think about in some societies older women were revered elders they were regarded as really wise whereas in western societies very often we're regarded as being invisible and a bit of a pain and disposable if you like by society And I don't think women these days want to see that. And they just literally want the information so they can get back to feeling really well again. But unless they know it's out there, they don't stand a fighting chance. So which is why I'm so grateful for platforms like this. So I can tell the world. I am so grateful for you. I am so grateful that scientists are finally doing this research for us. Yay. I cannot wait to dive into your book. What is the name of your book again? It's Manage Your Menopause Naturally. And if you let me after the program, give me your address, I'll get you a copy. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Thank you so much. So we will have links to your book and the audio book because you made a great point. And women, women love to multitask. So some women will want to read. Some women will want to listen while doing other things. So I think that you made a great point. Uh, and and will direct people to your program. I think you're doing a terrific service for women and for love and happiness and productivity on the planet. Thank you so much, Marion Stewart. And this is an episode of Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Mwah. Thank you for listening to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Please sign up to join our free love family at crazysexymidlifelove.com to get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage Minded Women Need to Know. Crazy Sexy Midlife Love dot com.